This is Jeffrey Epstein, part one. Got breaking news about Jeffrey Epstein. Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show. By way of background, Jeffrey Epstein was a child sex trafficker with powerful friends in high places. He trafficked underage girls, committed at least statutory rape on them himself, and is widely assumed to have blackmailed wealthy and powerful people. There were closed-circuit security cameras all over Little St. James, the island Jeffrey Epstein owned in the U.S. Virgin Islands territory, all over his mansion in Palm Beach, Florida. And it's believed that he used video evidence from those two locations and possibly even his New Mexico ranch and New York townhouse to blackmail a whole lot of people. Now, over to InfoWars, they are saying that the FBI is sitting on a lot of video evidence about a lot of folks. We'll see how that plays out, if it does. Now, we're going to get to the breaking news on Epstein and an interesting connection to a recent Arkansas, a term used to describe an unusual death of someone who had been close to the Clintons coming up. But first... Let's do some background on Jeffrey Epstein. Despite the fact that he did not have a college degree, Jeffrey Epstein began his business career at 21 years old as a math teacher at the Dalton School, a private co-ed college prep school in New York City and a member of the Ivy Preparatory School League on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Jeffrey Epstein was hired for the job by a guy named Donald Barr, father of a fellow named William Barr, who later became Attorney General of the United States under George H.W. Bush and Donald Trump. By the way, Bill Barr's dad, Donald, the guy who hired Jeffrey Epstein, 21 years old, to teach math at this posh upper crust prep school in New York City. Yeah, dear old dad, Donald Barr, was in the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS, in World War II, which was the forerunner to the CIA. I mean, not that, of course, that would have had anything to do with his hiring Jeffrey Epstein or, you know, anything to do with Epstein in the years after that. But uh, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if becoming an employee of one of the spy agencies one of the uh, the three-letter agencies is kind of like being in Hotel California. You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. Just things I wonder about sometimes. Now, Wikipedia helpfully reminds us that in July 2006, the FBI began an investigation of Jeffrey Epstein, nicknamed Operation Leap Year. It resulted in a 53-page indictment in June 2007, Alexander Acosta, then the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida, later U.S. Secretary of Labor under Donald Trump, agreed to a plea deal with Jeffrey Epstein, which Epstein's attorney, Alan Dershowitz, helped to negotiate, there's a familiar name, to grant immunity from all federal criminal charges to Epstein, along with four named co-conspirators, 
and any unnamed potential co-conspirators. Yeah, so the plea deal says, hey, Jeffrey, we're not going to prosecute any of your co-conspirators. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. Now, according to the Miami Herald, this non-prosecution agreement essentially shut down an ongoing FBI probe into whether there were more victims and other powerful people who took part in Epstein's sex crimes. At the time, this halted the investigation and sealed the indictment. The Miami Herald, the big newspaper in Miami, said, Acosta agreed, despite a federal law to the contrary, that the deal would be kept from the victims. So Acosta agreed to break the law. Acosta later said he offered a lenient plea deal because he was told that Jeffrey Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence, unquote, was, quote, above his pay grade, unquote, and to, quote, leave it alone, unquote. Belonged to intelligence. What, like CIA? Like FBI? Like DIA? Like NSA? Like one of those agencies that we're not supposed to know about? What? Uh... But obviously, whoever told Alexander Acosta that, then federal prosecutor in Southern Florida, Acosta had every reason to believe that that was the case. So Epstein agreed to plead guilty in Florida State Court to two felony prostitution charges, serve 18 months in prison, register as a sex offender, and pay restitution of three dozen victims identified by the FBI. The plea deal was later described as a sweetheart deal. Now, a federal judge later found that the prosecutors had violated victims' rights by concealing the agreement from the victims and instead urging them to have patience. According to an internal review conducted by the Department of Justice's Office of Professional Responsibility, released in November 2020, Acosta showed poor judgment in granting Epstein a non-prosecution agreement and failing to notify Epstein's alleged victims about the agreement. On June 30th, 2008, after Epstein pleaded guilty to a state charge of procuring for prostitution a girl below age 18, he was sentenced to 18 months in prison. While most convicted sex offenders in Florida are sent to state prison, Jeffrey Epstein was instead housed in a private wing of the Palm Beach County Stockade and, according to the sheriff's office, was, after three and a half months, allowed to leave the jail on work release for up to 12 hours a day, six days a week. Well, that sounds like kind of a sweetheart deal to me, doesn't it to you? This contravened the sheriff's own policies requiring a maximum remaining sentence of 10 months and making sex offenders ineligible for the privilege. Epstein was allowed to come and go outside of specified release hours. Jeffrey Epstein's cell door was left unlocked, and he had access to the attorney room where a television was installed for him, 
before he was moved to the stockade's previously unstaffed infirmary. He worked at the office of a foundation he had created shortly before reporting to jail. He dissolved the foundation after he had served his time. Now, the sheriff's office received $128,000 from Epstein's nonprofit to pay for the costs of extra services being provided during Epstein's work release. His office was monitored by permit deputies, whose overtime was also paid by Epstein. They were required to wear suits and checked in welcomed guests at the front desk. Later, the sheriff's office said these guest logs were destroyed per the department's records retention rules, although the stockade visitor logs were not. Epstein was allowed to use his own driver to drive him between jail and his office and other appointments. Epstein served almost 13 months before being released on July 22, 2009 for a year of probation on house arrest until August 2010. While on probation, he was allowed numerous trips on his corporate jet to his residences in Manhattan and the U.S. Virgin Islands. He was allowed long shopping trips and walks around Palm Beach for exercise. After a contested hearing, January 2011, and an appeal, he stayed registered in New York State as a level three, high risk of repeat offense, sex offender, a lifelong designation. At that hearing, the Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance Jr., argued unsuccessfully that the level should be reduced to a low-risk level one, and Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance Jr. was chided by the judge. Despite opposition from Epstein's lawyer that he had a main home in the U.S. Virgin Islands, the judge confirmed he personally must check in with the New York Police Department every 90 days. Though Epstein had been a level three registered sex offender in New York since 2010, the New York Police Department never enforced the 90-day regulation, though noncompliance with it is a felony. And, you know, it just looks like this guy was being treated with kid gloves. I mean, to the max, right? No cap. The immunity agreement and Epstein's lenient treatment were the subject of ongoing public dispute. The Palm Beach police chief accused the state of giving him preferential treatment. And the Miami Herald said U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta gave Epstein the deal of a lifetime. Now, following Epstein's arrest in July 2019 on sex trafficking charges, Acosta resigned as Trump's Secretary of Labor, effective July 19, 2019. Epstein was a longtime acquaintance of England's Prince Andrew. He also attended parties of many prominent people, including Bill Clinton, George Stephanopoulos, Donald Trump, Katie Couric, Woody Allen, and Harvey Weinstein. His contacts included Rupert Murdoch, Michael Bloomberg, Richard Branson, Alec Baldwin, the Kennedys, former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, 
and Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. As a matter of fact, it seems like seems like Epstein knew a whole lot of people in Hollywood. You remember when uh, Ricky Gervais made uh, a lot of Hollywood types feel very uncomfortable a few years ago at the Golden Globes? In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year... It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, Surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. You had to make your own way here and your own plane, didn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and f*** off, okay? Ronan Farrow, the um, son of actress Mia Farrow, supposed to be the son also of uh, filmmaker Woody Allen, but he doesn't look like Woody. He looks like Frank Sinatra, but that's a whole other show. Ronan Farrow is known for his investigative reporting on allegations of sexual abuse against film producer Harvey Weinstein, which is published in the New Yorker magazine. He does the exposés, as it were. So did you catch Ricky Gervais saying, look, I know you're all friends of Jeffrey Epstein's, but you had to get your own plane ride to this. Yeah, because Epstein was uh, dead and gone by that point. Yeah, you had to get your own plane ride. I just found that very compelling. And boy, the looks on some of their faces. Uh, Tom Hanks just looked flabbergasted. You know, a lot of famous people, like Bill Gates even, got more friendly with Jeffrey Epstein after his 2009 conviction for what he did to minor girls. Bill Gates' ex-wife even said publicly that that was a main reason that she left Bill Gates because he wouldn't stop hanging out 
with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was the uh, hapless Gail King, the uh, CBS Morning News there, interviewing Melinda um, Gates. Yeah, I mean, that was just kind of a bridge too far for her, apparently. On August 10th, 2019, Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his prison cell in New York City. His prison guards, you know, were supposed to check on him every 30 minutes, but unfortunately, they... uh fell asleep for three hours. Right. Sure, federal prison guards fell asleep for three hours. Also, somehow oddly, the cameras in front of Jeffrey Epstein's cell malfunctioned. They, they didn't work, right? Shortly thereafter, then-Attorney General William Barr, remember him? The guy whose dad gave Epstein his first job? Anyway, William Barr announced that Epstein had died of an apparent suicide. So, of course, any reasonable person could only come to the conclusion that Jeffrey Epstein actually was murdered. He did not kill himself. Also, of course, Epstein's longtime girlfriend and pimp, Glenn Maxwell, that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. It's spelled G-H-I-S-L-A-I-N-E, like Gislaine or something. But the way you pronounce it, the S is silent, and it, it almost sounds like G-L-E-N-N. Glenn Maxwell was found guilty of sex trafficking of a minor, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, three counts of conspiracy, to no one, by the way, and sentenced to 20 years in prison. That, that's right, to no one. The federal prosecution team, Southern District of New York, which included former FBI Director James Comey's daughter Maureen, took great care to throw the book at Glenn Maxwell, but not indict a single one of her clients. Nobody. Nobody. That'll show them, huh? Oh, also, don't forget. Don't forget Amy Robach with Good Morning America. You remember this? On November 2nd, 2019, Project Veritas released a late August 2019 hot mic incident in which Amy Robach discusses ABC TV shutting down her story. 
on the billionaire convicted sex offender and accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein back in 2015. Amy Robach's comments came just two days after an NPR story finally disclosed the existence of an on-camera interview with Virginia Roberts Jeffrey and ABC's failure to broadcast said interview. Jeffrey says she was sexually trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein to powerful men, including Prince Andrew, Duke of York, a claim that, of course, uh, Prince Andrew strenuously denied. But in the hot mic video, Amy Robach was recorded on set for ABC's Good Morning America voicing the following statements. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day, I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my god, we it was um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying, like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day where we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. She referenced Brad Edwards, the attorney. He was the attorney for at least 70 of the young women who were victims of Jeffrey Epstein. We had it all. And she was not allowed to put it on the air. Now, once that hot mic video was released by James O'Keefe, back when he was still at uh, Project Veritas, Amy Robach responded to the leaked video with this statement, and I quote, As a journalist, as the Epstein story continued to unfold last summer, I was caught in a private moment of frustration. I was upset that an important interview I had conducted with Virginia Roberts didn't air because we could not obtain sufficient corroborating evidence to meet ABC's editorial standards about her allegations. My comments about Prince Andrew and her allegation that she had seen Bill Clinton on Epstein's private island were about what Virginia Roberts said in that interview in 2015. I was referencing her allegations, not what ABC News had verified through our reporting. The interview itself, while I was disappointed it didn't air, didn't meet our standards. In the years since, no one ever told me or the team to stop reporting on Jeffrey Epstein, and we have continued to aggressively pursue this important story, unquote. 
So obviously, Amy Robach, to keep her job at that time, uh, took one for the team. She fell on her sword, as it were. She bit the bullet. Of course, if you're gullible enough to believe that statement from her, you're probably also gullible enough to believe that Epstein killed himself, which we all know he didn't. Okay, so that's the context. That's the background on Jeffrey Epstein, if you will. But we do have an update. We do have breaking news. And that is coming up in mere moments right here on the Doc Washburn Show. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase a vehicle online if you have any questions. One of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You'll be glad you did. I want to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines? The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life and migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away and the migraines went away for good. Whatever malady you're suffering from, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped so many people I know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. Do you want to drop your big liberal cell phone carrier? Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, is a perfect solution. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. And switching to Patriot Mobile usually only takes 15 to 20 minutes. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you shift your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. 
A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. All right, let's check out the update. Dan Mangan, over at CNBC, reports that New York federal court documents containing previously hidden names of people associated in some way with the late notorious sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, began being unsealed Wednesday evening, January 3rd. And this was at the order of a, of a federal judge. Now, many of the more than 150 people named in the civil court filings that are in the process of being released have previously been disclosed as connected in some way with Epstein, who killed himself in 2019 at CNBC. What are they going to say? They're going to admit he didn't kill himself? Anyway, after being arrested on federal child sex trafficking charges, the names include victims of Epstein who testified at the criminal trial of his procurer, in other words, pimp, and former girlfriend, Glenn Maxwell. The documents were filed in connection with the Manhattan federal court lawsuit by Epstein victim Virginia Roberts Jeffrey against Glenn Maxwell. So the fact that people's names appear in the files does not necessarily mean that they were engaged in wrongdoing. Only Epstein and Maxwell have been criminally charged in connection with his long-standing abuse of girls and young women at residences in New York, the U.S., Virgin Islands, and elsewhere. Among the documents unsealed Wednesday was a deposition taken of Virginia Roberts Jeffrey by lawyers for that suit and requests to take other depositions of other individuals by her lawyers. One such request details how Maxwell, in her deposition, was unable to recall details about Epstein's contacts with Britain's Prince Andrew and former President Bill Clinton, who both had been friends of the pedophile. Now remember, Bill Clinton invited Glenn Maxwell to daughter Chelsea Clinton's wedding after Epstein's first conviction. Anyway, Prince Andrew, in February 2022, agreed to settle out of court a lawsuit filed by Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, accusing him of sexually assaulting her when she was under the control of Epstein and Maxwell. And there is a picture of her with Prince Andrew, and she looks very young there. Andrew has long denied her allegations, but his reputation has been wrecked because of them and because of his connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, now, there's a lot that Tom Mangan over CNBC leaves out. So at this point, I want to move over to Substack by a guy who goes by the title Technofog. He is a world-class researcher. His Substack is called 
the reactionary, the article is entitled The Epstein Files, John Doe's Identified. So let's take a look at that. He says, we finally know the names of some of the most important John Doe's referenced during litigation in Virginia Jeffrey versus Glenn Maxwell. Those who are accused of being alleged perpetrators and, 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 and witnesses to Jeffrey Epstein's criminal conduct. Early this evening, that's Wednesday evening, January 3rd, 2024, numerous documents were unredacted or otherwise unsealed in the Jeffrey case, marking the beginning of the end of a long battle for documents and information and really accountability that started with Mike Cernovich's efforts back in 2017. Tonight's batch of documents made available for download by Seamus Bruner And you can download all this stuff if you want to, you know, just go to technofog.substack.com and look at the most recent article, the one that I'm sharing with you, and you can download all this stuff and go through it to your heart's content. Anyway, tonight's batch of documents made available for download by Seamus Bruner is just part of the records that will be unsealed from the Jeffrey case. There are, and that's one of the reasons that this podcast of mine is called Jeffrey Epstein Part One, because I don't know what's coming in the in the coming days, but I know that we're just scratching the surface at this point. We're just getting started. He says there are numerous other records, including witness depositions, motions, and other filings, which are yet to be published on the court's docket. We anticipate more salacious materials and more damning allegations against John Doe perpetrators to be released tomorrow. Here now are the most scandalous allegations from tonight's documents, again Wednesday evening, including the names of John Doe's and the details of the allegations they face. First of all, Bill Clinton. Now, Bill Clinton's connection to Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell is no secret. Epstein and Clinton had a suspiciously close friendship over the years, and Clinton even invited Glenn Maxwell to his daughter's wedding, as I had mentioned earlier. Yet mysteries still remain about Clinton's activities with Epstein and Maxwell. The documents released tonight are only part of what will be unsealed with respect to Clinton. Some are interesting, but not altogether scandalous, such as the fact that attorneys for Virginia Jeffrey sought to depose Bill Clinton as a witness. They want to get a deposition from Bill Clinton. Then there's the testimony of Joanna Schoberg, S-J-O-B-E-R-G, a witness who was hired as a masseuse by Jeffrey Epstein when she was in her early 20s. She accompanied Epstein on trips, performed massages on him and his friends, non-sexual, just regular massages, and had frequent interactions with Ghislaine Maxwell, one of which involved Maxwell chastising her for not finishing her massage with Epstein. Oh, boy. So this Joanna Schoberg testified that she knew Bill Clinton was a friend of Epstein's and that Epstein commented on Clinton's preference 
for, quote, young, unquote, girls. So here's a deposition. Question. Let me back up. Do you know if Bill Clinton was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein? Answer. I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. Question. Did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? Answer. He said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Next, Prince Andrew. New details on the allegations against Prince Andrew have also surfaced. Ms. Schoberg also testified that she met Prince Andrew with Virginia Jeffrey when Virginia was only 17 years old in New York City, along with Jeffrey Epstein and Galen Maxwell. Here is her testimony. Question. And do you recall who, if anybody, was at Jeffrey's home when you arrived? Answer, yes. When I first walked in the door, it was just myself and Galen headed for the staircase and said, told me to come up to the living room. Wow, living room on the second floor. My goodness. Question. And what happened at that point when you came up to the living room? Answer. I came up and saw Virginia, Jeffrey, Prince Andrew, Galen in the room. Question, and did you meet Prince Andrew at that time? Answer, yes. So, at Jeffrey Epstein, it gets kind of rough here. At Jeffrey Epstein's New York home was a Prince Andrew puppet, apparently from a BBC production. Galen Maxwell brought down the puppet for Prince Andrew, and either Maxwell or Epstein took a scandalous photo of Prince Andrew with the girls. So, Ms. Schoberg said, they put the puppet on Virginia's lap, and I sat on Andrew's lap, and they put the puppet's hand on Virginia's breast, and Andrew put his hand on mine, and they took a photo. The more disturbing allegations against Prince Andrew came directly from Virginia Jeffrey. Question. Please name a person that Glenn Maxwell directed you to go have sex with. Answer, Prince Andrew. Next, Glenn Dubin. Now, that's a name you might not know. Virginia Jeffrey also alleged that she was directed to have sex with Epstein friend and billionaire and then hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. Question. Okay, well, I need you to say a time when Glenn Maxwell directed you to go have sex with another person, so can you please tell me to whom Glenn Maxwell asked you to go have sex with another person. And then the answer is Glenn Dubin. Now, Dubin's ties to Jeffrey Epstein have been previously reported back in 2009 after Epstein was given his sweetheart plea deal from the Department of Justice. The Dubins hosted Jeffrey Epstein for Thanksgiving dinner, telling his probation officer they were 100% comfortable with his being around their teenage daughter. Next name, Tom Pritzker. Now, Tom Pritzker is a billionaire businessman serving as executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels and as chairman and CEO of the Pritzker organization, He's also a member of the Aspen Institute and first cousin to Governor Pritzker of Illinois. Virginia Jeffrey alleged she slept with him once. Question, if I were to ask you the question, how many times 
Have you had sex with Tom Pritzker? Do you know what the that question means? Answer, I believe so. Question, all right, and what is the answer to that question? Answer, I believe I was with Tom Pritzker once. Next name, David Copperfield. Okay, magician David Copperfield has also emerged in the latest Epstein release. Now, while there are no sex-related allegations against David Copperfield at this time, it's clear from witness testimony that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and had at least some knowledge of what was going on at Epstein's home. Perhaps he had been informed by Epstein or Maxwell that they had a recruiting process where girls were paid to find other girls. According to Joanna Schoberg, question, have you ever met David Copperfield? Answer, yes. Question, and do you recall when you initially met him? Answer, yes. Question, can you tell me what that was? Answer, sure. Someone called me from the house and said that he would be there, and if I wanted to, go to come have dinner, then I could meet him. Question, and what happened to that dinner, if anything? Answer, well, he did some magic tricks. Question, did you observe David Copperfield to be a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's? Answer, yes. Question, did Copperfield ever discuss Jeffrey's involvement with young girls with you? Answer, he questioned me if I was aware that girls were getting paid to find other girls. Question, did he tell you any of the specifics of that? Answer, no. Okay, hold on to something. I think the next one, next name is probably going to surprise you. Michael Jackson and Hollywood. Even Michael Jackson, the king of pop himself, was friendly with Jeffrey Epstein, which really is a surprise to me because I didn't think Michael was into girls. But anyway, Michael Jackson was at Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach mansion at least once as explained in Joanna Schoberg's deposition. Question, did you ever meet anybody famous when you were with Jeffrey? Answer, I met Michael Jackson. Question, oh really, and where was that? Answer, at his home in Palm Beach, at Jeffrey's house in Palm Beach. Question, did you massage him? Answer, I did not. Schoberg would also testify that Jeffrey Epstein would speak on the phone with other celebrities, including Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Blanchett. Question. I saw one press report that said you had met Kate Blanchett or Leonardo DiCaprio. Answer. I did not meet them, no. When I spoke about them, it was when I was massaging him. And he would get off, he would be on the phone a lot at that time, and one time he said, oh, that was Leonardo, or that was Kate Blanchett, or Bruce Willis, that kind of thing. Question, so name dropping, answer, yes. Next name, Frederick Fekai, F-E-K-K-A-I. He's a French celebrity hairstylist and beauty entrepreneur. So Joanna Schoberg would testify that Jeffrey Epstein tried to quote, find some girls for him, unquote, while Fakai was in Hawaii. Question, did you ever hear or observe Jeffrey talking on the phone about Frederick Fakai? Answer, yes. Question, what did you hear? 
Answer, I heard him call someone and say, Fakai is in Hawaii, can we find some girls for him? Okay, closing thoughts. Many of the documents that were released today, that's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, were previously released in the course of the Jeffrey versus Maxwell litigation, albeit in a more redacted form. For example, one document from today details allegations that Glenn Maxwell took the passport of a 15-year-old girl. We reported on that, on that document back in 2022. Also, as we discussed on December 19th, 2023, not all the John Doe's are alleged to have committed wrongdoing. Today's documents include certain John Doe's who were doctors to the victims, friends of the victims, and family members of the victims. It's been unfortunate and rather sad to see the media and various morons with large platforms on social media, the list is long and distinguished, lump those innocent people in with the predatory John Doe's as if all the names to be released were part of Epstein's list. If there is a positive to all of that, we guess it's that you can really tell who doesn't do the reading. Anyway, the list of unknown John Doe's, as opposed to the known John Doe's, such as Sarah Kellen, who are alleged to have committed abuse, is rather small. Today's release doesn't include all of the perpetrator John Doe's. There are more names set to be released in the coming days. This includes John Doe 113, a purported Epstein affiliate and witness who is, quote, alleged to have engaged in serious wrongdoing, unquote. And we'll be here to report on the latest developments. So, you know, I got to, now that he said that, I got to look up Sarah Kellen real quick. You know, as much as you prepare for these things, every once in a while, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. How did that one get past me? How did that one get past me? Okay, so there's the race car driver, Brian Vickers, an American professional stock car and sports car racing driver who last drove the number 14 Chevrolet SS for Stuart Haas Racing as an interim driver in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series for the injured Tony Stewart and who won the 2003 NASCAR Busch Series Championship driving for Hendrick Motorsports. Vickers was also among the first series of full-time drivers for Toyota after the manufacturer first entered the Sprint Cup Series. So, Brian Vickers is married to one Sarah Kellen, user of the alias Sarah Kensington, who is known for her alleged role as the so-called sex scheduler 
in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking of underage girls. She was given federal immunity under Jeffrey Epstein's non-prosecution agreement back in 2009. New York prosecutors say they are not bound by the deal signed by Miami federal prosecutors. Well, then, why haven't, why haven't they prosecuted her then? I mean, how, how many years are you going to wait? Anyway, so that's, that's who she is. Now, coming up, coming up, we're going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you about the Arkansas connection to Jeffrey Epstein. And that is coming up next on the Doc Washburn Show. Mike Lindell says because of your amazing support for MyPillow 2.0, he's expanded MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. So he's clearing out his percale bed sheets by giving them to you at closeout prices. King size percale bed sheets, only $39 a set. Queen size, only $35 a set. Full size, $29 and twin size, just $25. Use promo code DWS to take advantage of this once in a lifetime offer. Right now, Mike's biggest My Slippers closeout sale ever is on. Get Mike's all season My Slippers and Sandals at clearance prices. Mike's all season Moccasin Slippers are just $25. Mike's My Slipper Sandals are just $19.50. They're both made with Mike's patented impact gel that absorbs and relieves pressure so you can comfortably wear them all day long. Just use promo code DWS for huge discounts. Remember, DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. They don't tend to depreciate over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. Andrew Sorcini with Beverly Hills Precious Metals has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Beverly Hills Precious Metals brings precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Mike Flynn told us about them, and they are our gold buyer of choice. To find out more, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Make sure you ask about the general Mike Flynn silver coin and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Beverly Hills Precious Metals helps folks protect their finances, wealth, and investments. Hey, let me ask you something. Why continue shopping big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now you can get around this crazy inflation by shopping factory direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Americans are walking away from the big box conglomerates and deciding to buy only USA. Join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. These products include fresh American-raised beef, raised in the Montana mountains near Yellowstone. This beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. 
This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Email us at buyonlyusa at proton.me, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Buyonlyusa at proton.me. Okay, now the Jeffrey Epstein, Arkansas connection that Arkansas media ignored. But an entertainment website called Radar Online did story after story on it. So we may as well make this our tweet of the day. You ever heard a guy named uh, Mark Middleton? If you're outside central Arkansas, and most of our listeners are in other parts of the country, you probably haven't heard of this guy. So let me tell you. First article on Radar Online entitled, He Was Murdered, Bombshell Claims Surround Makeshift Gallows Death of Clinton's Special Advisor Who Let Sicko Jeffrey Epstein Into the White House by Douglas Montero over at RadarOnline.com. This is from May 13th, 2022. So getting close to two years ago. Former President Bill Clinton's special advisor linked to pedophile billionaire Jeffrey Epstein died in a bizarre suicide and only RadarOnline.com has the macabre details that have led some to suspect foul play. Yeah, that's right. There was a total media blackout. All the TV stations and the newspaper in Little Rock, Arkansas would not touch this story. Even though Mark Middleton, well-known, prominent member of the Little Rock community, has a big company called Middleton Heating and Air. Very well-known. Anyway, Radar Online says Mark Middleton, who introduced the perv, Jeffrey Epstein, to the president, was found May 7th, 2022, hanging from a tree with a shotgun wound that blew a hole through his chest along with a cheap dollar store type extension cord as a noose on an Arkansas farm belonging to a nonprofit Feed the Hungry agency loosely linked to the Clintons. Oddly, the Little Rock businessman and father of two daughters supposedly created his own makeshift gallows by standing on top of a table he dragged to the hanging tree, an apparent backup plan in case the shotgun blast didn't end his life, according to a law enforcement source which spoke anonymously to RadarOnline.com. Investigators still trying to determine why the hell-bent Middleton trespassed on the 1,200-acre grounds of the Heifer Ranch in Perryville, Arkansas, a farm run by Heifer International, whose headquarters on the same parcel of land partially owned by the Clinton Presidential Center in Little Rock. Charles Ortel, a financial expert who has spent years probing the activities of the Clinton Foundation and the trail of dead bodies associated with the former president, believes Middleton's death on the Heifer property is designed to send a message. 
He said, so if you're telling me this guy was found on a heifer property, he was murdered is my bet. 59-year-old Middleton joins a growing pile of corpses associated with Jeffrey Epstein, who in August 2019 was was suspiciously found hanged in his New York jail cell where he was awaiting a sex trafficking trial for allegedly providing a bevy of young girls to powerful politicians and businessmen, rumored to include Prince Andrew. While working as President Clinton's special advisor under then-Chief of Staff Thomas Mac McClarty in the early 1990s, Middleton reportedly befriended Epstein and invited him to the White House at least seven times to meet the Commander-in-Chief. Middleton, who ran a successful Little Rock air conditioning business, that's heating and air, by the way, and served as Clinton's presidential campaign finance director, also jetted on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet, dubbed the Lolita Express, along with the president and the perv, as their friendship blossomed. One year after leaving the White House in 1995, Middleton became an international dealmaker, and a subsequent investigation found he had abused his access to the executive office to impress business clients. His death comes three months after Epstein's closest associate, Jean-Luc Brunel, 76-year-old French modeling scout-turned-pimp, was found hanged inside his Paris-France jail cell while awaiting sex trafficking charges. Homera Cellier, the founder of the Paris-based victims group called Innocence in Danger, which helped authorities in the Epstein investigation, tells RadarOnline.com that Brunel's suspicious death continues to be shrouded in mystery. She said there's a very, very thick silence around his death. We don't know anything. If it was a suicide, but there isn't any information about who found him. Nothing, nothing. It's becoming ridiculous because the number of people who die since the Epstein case came out is just ridiculous. It's a mystery how these people just disappear. Clinton and Epstein's movie producer pal, 55-year-old Steve Bing, allegedly committed suicide by falling from a 27-story Los Angeles luxury high-rise in June 2020, shortly after contacting the FBI about meeting a shady businessman linked to Epstein. Renowned attorney Spencer Coven, who represented several of Epstein's victims, called all the head-scratching deaths suspicious. He tells RadarOnline.com, yet another suspicious death of one of Epstein's friends. Unfortunately, it seems that tragedy surrounds anyone who had anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein. It appears that the arc of karma may be long, but eventually catches up with everyone. Middleton's death is equally bizarre because even though his family told authorities he was depressed, Perry County Sheriff Scott Montgomery revealed to RadarOnline.com he didn't leave a suicide note. The Heifer Ranch is about 30 miles northwest of Middleton's Little Rock home. The sheriff said, I don't know the man. I don't know why he picked our county or picked that location to commit suicide. To our knowledge, he had never been there before, and we have no record of him being there before. 
He said he died from self-inflicted shotgun wound to the chest. He found a tree, and he pulled the table over there, and he got on the table, and he took an extension cord and put it around the limb, put it around his neck, and then shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. Sheriff continued saying it was very evident that the shotgun worked because there was not a lot of blood or anything on the scene. You can tell the shotgun blast was on his chest. You can tell that because there's a hole in the chest and pellets came out the back of his back. It was definitely self-inflicted in our opinion. Half a ranch workers first noticed Middleton's abandoned car in the parking lot and notified the sheriff's office. Staffers found the body a short time later as the car which showed no signs of a struggle or damage, was being towed. Chris Coxon, spokesman for Heifer International, tells RadarOnline.com that Middleton entered the property by driving through the ranch's main gate, which was open at the time. He said, I'm sorry to confirm that there was an incident on our ranch on Saturday morning. As far as we know, as far as we can tell, there's no connection to Heifer. We're not aware of a connection. He added, Whenever we have somebody on the property that's not supposed to be on the property, we always look into why they're there. With this incident, of course, it's something we're looking into. Coxon downplayed Heifer's connection to Clinton, but later admitted the nonprofit, which helps developing nations improve their farm and food production to reduce hunger, leases part of its Little Rock headquarters with the presidential center. He said, we're not running any projects with the Clinton Foundation right now. Bill Clinton is not connected to our board. Financial investigator Charles Ortel compared the Middleton case to the mysterious death of John Glasgow, chief financial officer, CDI Contractors Incorporated, the lead firm that constructed the Clinton Presidential Library between 02 and 04. Glasgow vanished without a trace in 08. After reporting financial irregularities during the construction costs, and his skeletal remains were found at Pettyjean State Park outside Little Rock in 2015, his cause of death undetermined. Ortel said the number of people involved and aware of highly suspicious financial transactions involving the Clinton family and later found dead under suspicious circumstances defies an easy explanation. Glasgow and Middleton, at relatively young ages, found themselves in positions of great responsibility and likely were aware of financial transactions that to this date have not received the required scrutiny of the IRS, the Department of Justice, or the FBI. Now, there was a later article from RadarOnline.com about a, uh, a woman who went to speak to Mark Middleton in his office, apparently, upset about some kind of business situation and was later found dead in the wintertime at the bottom of the Arkansas River with um, the same kind of dollar store kind of um, extension cord wrapped around her ankle and tied to a concrete block. After she left a note to her family, she's going to kayaking in the middle of the winter. I just, uh, I can't imagine all the truth coming out about Jeffrey Epstein or the Clintons for that matter. I 
just can't imagine all the truth ever coming out. That's my opinion, and you are entitled to it. And that's your tweet of the day brought to you by Red River Auto. Big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to. Online at redriverauto.com. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. We appreciate Red River Auto. By the way, you have been listening Episode 420 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers. But they love us, and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us. Contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, Simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is, Thursday, January 4th, 2024.